to see everybody now. Everybody doing good? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's get into the Word tonight. Let's turn on our Bibles over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And uh, I want to notice uh, some scriptures there. There's several ways that we could go tonight. How many of you will agree with me for that which is just right for this time that we have together? Amen. So, Father, we thank you indeed for all these precious people that have come out tonight to hear your word and just to feed on manna from heaven. Lord, we give you praise for the word of God going forth now in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. All right, so, you know, we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 6 quite a bit. We've been talking a lot about fighting the good fight of faith. And uh, we left off a couple of weeks ago talking about this shield of faith. But let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and let's take a look at, uh, let's take a look at some things here again. 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, and we'll look at verse 12. Amen. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Glory. Here we are. First Timothy 6, verse 12. Paul's addressing Timothy, and uh, he says in verse 12, he says, Fight the good fight of faith. Uh, of course, it's a good fight because it's a fight that we can win and do win, right? And... Uh, then he goes on to say, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. So we have been called into this eternal life, this abundant kind, this God kind and quality of life, whereunto you are called, and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now, we looked at Jesus and the confession that he made before Pontius Pilate. You know, Pontius Pilate was trying to get Jesus to compromise. But Jesus held steady. He held fast to who he was. He held fast to his purpose in the earth. He said, for this cause came I forth, that I may bear witness of the truth. And so Jesus is an awesome example for you and I to follow when the pressure comes on all of us, and pressure will come. When the squeeze comes on, it's very important for us to be holding fast to who we are in Christ. If it's a physical battle, it's extremely important that we hold fast to the fact that by his stripes we are healed. If it's a financial pressure that we are being faced with and the fiery darts of the wicked one are lying to to, to our souls, it's extremely important that we know prosperity scriptures. It's extremely important that you know where Philippians 4.19 is and that you know it by heart, that you can read it and meditate on it and it just come out of your heart in a time of pressure. And that scripture simply says this, but my God, is he your God tonight? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? So notice this with me again, this phrase, and has professed, a good profession uh, before many witnesses. Now, words, faith-filled words, are a big part of fighting the good fight of faith. I think a lot bigger than we've really realized. Faith-filled words, holding fast to the confession of your faith, continually affirming and taking ownership of the Word of God by letting it dwell in your heart richly and meditating in it day and night is a huge part 
of you and I being able to fight this good fight of faith and consistently win. Now, remember Sunday morning, if you were here, we were talking about our good, good father, and we talked a lot about that our good, good father is looking for walking partners. He wants us to walk with him. And one of the scriptures that we looked at, and I want to look at it again tonight, is Amos chapter 3 and verse 3. And I want to tie it in with faith-filled words. Amos, the third chapter, and uh, we notice the third verse. Can two walk together unless they, what? Unless they be agreed. If we're going to walk in concert with our good, good father, then it's not about him getting in rhythm with us. It's about us getting in rhythm with him. I mean, he's got a certain way that he walks. And we looked at the different areas of what it means to walk with your father. Well, walking in love and walking in peace and walking in joy. But I want to add one tonight, and that is this. Walking in the revelation and in the light of faith-filled words. It is so important. Now listen, your agreement with God is made known not only by your actions, but also by your words. Your words are indicative of whether or not you are in agreement with God. See, one of the Uh, definitions of confession is to say the same thing. So when it comes to our Father, we find out what our Father said, we come into alignment and agreement with what He said, and that whatever He said, we can then boldly say. That's what Hebrews says. You know, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, I think it's uh, verse 5 and verse 6, let's pull it up there. Hebrews, the 13th chapter, the 5th and 6th verse. Walk in the light. Walk in the Word. Walk in your Father's Word. Walk in the words of Jesus. Live them. Dwell in them. Speak them. And don't just speak them in a time of crisis. Speak them when things are going well. Speak them on a sunny day. Speak them on a rainy day. Speak God's word always. Because God's word is for every day for you and I. So in Hebrews, the 13th uh, chapter and the 5th and 6th verse, I'll turn over there. Okay. He said, let your conversation be uh, without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said... I will never leave you nor forsake you. So what did your father say? Our father said, I will never leave you nor what? Okay. Now notice verse 6. So that we may what? Boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Come on, let's act on that tonight. Say it with me. The Lord is my helper. And not only that, I will not fear What man shall do unto me? Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I think Sunday morning I'm going to preach a message called, I say. 
I say. The Lord is my healer. That's what I say. The Lord is my strength. That's what I say. How about you? Say it with me. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shepherd. See, Jesus said, Whom do men say that I am? And they said, Well, some say thou art John the Baptist or Elias, one of the prophets. But then he pointed to them and says, Who do you say I am? Well, I say. <laughs> I say. Here's what I say. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then you just find out who he is, and you just say who he is. Because who he is is who you is. Because he, <laughs> he that is joined into the Lord is one spirit, right? You're in him, he's in you. Oh, hallelujah. So, whatever he has said, we are going to boldly say, I'm going to read this statement again. Our agreement with him, our alignment with him, being in harmony with him, is made known by our words, and our words are indicative of whether or not we are in agreement with God. If we want to walk in agreement with God, we must line our words up with his words. So you and I have been given the, the, the wonderful privilege of acknowledging, affirming, appropriating, confessing, and laying claim to the riches of God's word with words. Hallelujah. Man, that just does me good right there. Whoo, glory to God. Now, what happens then when we fight the good fight of faith? What happens when we lay hold of eternal life and hold fast the profession of our faith? Well, one thing that happens is declaring God's word and boldly saying what he has said, it keeps the answer before you. It keeps the answer before you. I don't know about you, but I constantly need the answer before me. And God's word is the answer. There's not one problem, one difficulty we'll ever face in life that we will not find the answer to right in this book right here. So it pays us rich dividends then to become very familiar with this book. Amen? So it keeps the answer before us. Staying focused on the answer and not the problem. Philippians 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. Let's go over there and take a look at that. You got time tonight, don't you? Yeah. Philippians, the fourth chapter. The sixth through the eighth verse. Thank you, Lord. Tells us, be, cuff, be careful for nothing, but what we want to really look at is verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of what? Is not God's word a good report? Remember, if you get a bad report, the good report trumps the bad report. I like that in Isaiah. He said, whose report will you believe? Tell you what we're going to do around here is we're going to believe and say and act on 
the report of the Lord. Amen. Good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, do what? Think on these things. What that's just a, another way of saying is keep the answer before you. Keep the answer before you. And so I can fight, and this is one way that I fight negative words are with faith filled, our negative thoughts are with faith filled words. Faith filled words. When the enemy starts bombarding you with those arrows and those fiery darts and all those stupid suggestions and all that junk, don't just sit there. Don't just sit there and listen to that all day long. And then turn on the boob tube and listen to more junk. You know, no wonder people are tossing and turning all night and not sleeping good. They're being bombarded by the enemy all day. And then they're watching television all night. And the television is telling you a vision. And a lot of visions that come from the telly ain't good. Amen. Don't just sit there. Why sit there and listen to lies when you can rise up and take the word of the Lord and answer that doubt and answer that fear with the word of the living God. It's a powerful truth. And so confessing God's word, one thing that it does is it keeps the answer before me. It's part of fighting the good fight of faith. But not only that, it employs your angels. And it activates them to work on your behalf. Some of your angels have been working overtime. I, I... <laughs> but I'd rather have working overtime, if you know what I mean, than not working at all. <laughs> you know, just standing around your house. I wonder when he's going to start talking the word. I wonder when he's going to get serious about saying what God's word says about him. So he says, what world are you talking about? I'm glad you asked. Let's look over at uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. I'm stirred up about speaking faith-filled words. Recently down in Southern California, a man of God said, read your healing scriptures every day. Read your healing scriptures every day. And it's nice to have a list of them all printed out for you, but there are times where you just should go to the Word of God for yourself and look through the pages. See, Jesus, the Word says, my Word is life to those that... If you'll get used to to, to finding it yourself rather than just speaking off of a list, that Word will get down here. It'll get down on the inside of you. So... I'm encouraging all of us to read healing scriptures regularly. Find God's word. Feed on his manna from heaven. Side journey real quickly. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine to my... What's the next one? Let them not depart from before thy eyes... Keep them in the midst of thy heart, 
For they are life unto those that... And they are... To what? All their flesh. Your eyebrows. Huh? Your knees. Your pancreas. Amen. Your liver. Your heart. Your blood. God's word is life to all of your flesh. And actually the translation of that word life is medicine. So, you know, if we take medicine, we should do as the doctor prescribed, right? Unless, you know, you get a word from God not to do it. But we should follow the doctor's orders. Well, Dr. Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, the great physician who still makes house calls, gave us prescriptions. He gave us prescriptions. And his prescriptions are right here in the Word of God. It's important for me to know healing scriptures for myself. It's important for you to know the Word. It really is. It's important for this not just to be here and and that our Christian experience not just be constantly hearing from someone else. Faith will come as the Word of God is being preached tonight, but faith will also come as you hear yourself speaking God's Word over your own life. Amen? Say it with me. Faith-filled words. Those are what dominate. Faith-filled words, they dominate. They dominate everything. Who glory. The dominating power of His Word. So then angels then are employed when we speak God's Word. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 13 and 14 says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool? And read verse 14 with me, please. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth? Now notice it doesn't say to minister to them. I imagine they could. But it says here, and they, they would, if the commander instructed them to. But they have been sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Did you find in the Word of God that you are an heir of God? Yes. Can you tell me what the verse is? I'm getting testy with you now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's Romans 8:17. Romans 8:17. Good scripture to know, man. Heirs of God. Joint heirs with Jesus. So we could say from that verse, in and of itself, that you and I are heirs of salvation. Woo, glory. And so. Being an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ and being an heir of salvation then, these angels then have been sent forth to minister for me and for you. 
Now, let's couple this with the scripture found in Psalms 103, verse 19 and 20. Psalms 103, verse 19 and 20. Hallelujah. The angels of the Lord are encamping around about those that fear the Lord. One of the reasons, the main reason that no evil befalls us, neither does any plague come to our dwelling, is because we say so. And because we say so, he's given his angels charge over us. And they keep us where? All of our ways. Don't Don't go anywhere without your angel. Amen. Psalm 103, verse 19 and 20. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens. Is that right? Sure. And his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto what? They hearken to what? The voice of his word. So we know that they certainly hearken to the voice of the master's word. They hearken to the voice of the father. But did you know that you are his voice in the earth? So when you speak God's word out of a heart filled with faith, creative power is released. And in the releasing of that creative power, the angels hearken to that voice and they go to work on your behalf. What would another good definition of hearken be, P.T.? They listen. They attend to. In other words, they're kind of ready to do something. But before they do something, we need to do something. And what do we need to do? We need then to speak the Word of God. Not out of here, but out of here. For it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth is going to speak. Let's just lift our hands right now and thank him. Lord, we thank you, the angels. The angels have been sent forth to minister for us. Oh, glory to God. We loose them right now all around our loved ones. In the name of Jesus. If you've got a loved one that's gone astray, just declare in the name of Jesus. Ministering spirits, I release you. All around my loved one. All around my loved ones. In the name of Jesus. To protect them. To keep them. Thank you, Lord. The angels are working. They're protecting my loved ones. In the name of Jesus. They're protecting my property. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's praise Him. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you for the angels, Lord. Moving, 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 and connecting you with golden opportunities. <laughs> opportunities that will bring gold into your hands. Golden opportunities. And even divine connections are yours 
as you are faithful to say what I said concerning your needs being met and concerning favor surrounding you and going before you and as a shield for you, I will see to it that the angels go to work on your behalf and connect you with gold and connect you with good things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Golden connections. I like that. Golden. God's not opposed to you having some gold. Hallelujah. Go like this. Say it with me. Gold is good when gold's in the right hands. Ooh, these are the right hands, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Someone sang a song years ago, the angels are a-working, bringing the money in. Amen. The angels are working, bringing the money in. Well, you know, evil spirits can influence people, don't you know? You see it happening all over the place. Every day in the Bay Area, evil spirits influencing people's lives. That's why people do the things they do. They're under the dominion of Satan. But not you. Not me. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. <laughs> We've been translated, come on somebody, into the kingdom of his dear son. There was a day where George and I had demons following us all over the place. Probably had some in our mind and in our bodies. But there was a day we got set free. And whom the son is set free is free indeed. Now instead of devils, demons, and evil spirits falling on us, goodness and mercy. <laughs> goodness and mercy. That's what's following you. That's what's following me. Not half the days of... I, I'm getting happy now. Not half the days of our life, but all the days of our life. All the way to the finish line. All the way to the finish line. Woo! Glory. Amen. And so the Spirit of the Lord is attending our way. And the Master told us if we'll believe not and say, we can have what we say. And so as we say what he said, the angels go forth and they connect you supernaturally to things that your mind cannot comprehend, but it's happening even now in the realm of the Spirit. So rejoice before you see it come to pass. Rejoice while the wall's still up. And thank the Lord that God is working and His angels are bringing it to pass. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at that verse in the Amplified Version. Psalm 103, verse 19 and 20. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And so words then, faith-filled words, they're a huge part of fighting the good fight of faith. Where would we be without the word? We don't even want to think about it. Man. I don't know how people survive without it. I don't know how people can sit in church for 30 and 40 years wordless. And I don't mean that as a put down. You see, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by religion alone. 
Man shall not live by a oratorical minister who has the ability to move a crowd with his intelligence. Man should not live by religion alone. But you and I, here's how we're going to live. And how, here's how we're going to enjoy life to its full. We're going to live by the Word of God. We're going to live by the Word of God. Now, you all correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, I believe, where it says in Matthew 4, 4, let's look over there, see how we're there. Look at Matthew 4, 4. Hallelujah. John, we're living the God kind of life. We're living the God kind of life. You know, we've heard thousands, not hundreds, but we've heard thousands of teaching on faith. Thousands. And there's people outside these walls that haven't even heard one. We're a privileged people. We're a blessed people. Oh, hallelujah. And we got our go, go, we got our go gospel shoes on, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We're out to tell them, right? But in Matthew 4, 4, notice this with me. Man should not live by religion alone. Man should not live by borrowed revelation. Man should not live by borrowed faith. Man must live by his own revelation of who he is. I find when I look at the scriptures, it slows me down. I think it helps me out. Unless I want to spit cotton, then that's another story. (laughs) Matthew 4.4. But he answered and said, it is written. Jesus knew what was written. He had the sword out. It is written, man should not live by bread alone. But man... Shall live by what? That proceedeth every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man shall live by every word. Now I believe, I may be wrong, but I believe that the word word there is the word rhema. And the word rhema is the spoken word. So, Logos, if you will, is the written word, the entirety of God's word. The Rhema is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God spoken out of a faith-filled believer like you and me. And this is why, how God designed for you and I to live. To get the word, live by the word, and speak his word daily and regularly. And that's how to live. That's how to enjoy life. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I think it's a word, Rhema. If I'm wrong, I'll judge myself. It is? Praise the Lord. How are we going to live, Jamar? How are we going to live, Tony? We're going to live by the spoken word of God. Amen. Now, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6 real quickly now. We'll pick up just a little bit of steam before we close. 
So words are a huge part of fighting the good fight of faith. Now we looked at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. And we've looked at these different pieces of the armor. We looked at our loins being girt about with truth, the word. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, amen. That breastplate was neck to navel, by the way. It covered you. It covered you. The enemy couldn't hit them. Amen. They were covered. And you and I are covered because we have right standing with God. So when the devil brings his condemning thoughts, we take the sword. And we say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, devil. You don't know what you're talking about. You want some of me? You're going to have to go through this breastplate, and you can't. It's okay to get sassy with him. Verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How many of you don't need shoes if you're not going anywhere? (laughs) Well, that's mostly everybody. (laughs) That's mostly everybody. But these gospel shoes that we're prepared with are, are given to us so that we can go ye. Go ye into all the world. Amen. And above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now we said in an earlier session that this shield of faith was a door-sized portable wall type shield that they would carry with them. It wasn't like a little pizza pan. You know, you go to Pizza Hut and they have these little pizza pans. You know, they'd be going like this. They'd be getting hit all over the place. Because the enemy... You've seen it in movies, you know, they're, they dip those arrows in fire or whatever, and they're just, and so when they see that and hear that coming, they say, shields up, and it's ka-chunk. They can't get to them. Why? Because they are behind the mighty shield of faith. Nah, 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 you can't get me. Amen. Say it to me, I've got a shield. So when we get behind this shield of faith, he can't hit us. He cannot see us. We're surrounded by protection. And so it quenches, it extinguishes, it nullifies, it puts out, it renders ineffective every fiery dart of the wicked one. I want to say it like this. You are impenetrable by the devil or any of his darts. Now... Here's what I want to encourage you with tonight. Always stay in faith. Always stay in faith. No matter how bad it looks, the just shall... The just shall what? Always stay in faith. And if you'll always stay in faith, and you'll always keep your shield up, you will never, ever be hurt. Don't leave home in the morning... Without your shield up. Don't let it lie stagnant. Don't lower it. Take it. Put your faith to use by quenching every fiery dart of the wicked one. Now, I discovered this. That faith is for receiving, but faith is also a shield of protection. Remember Jesus said this. He said, nothing shall by any means do what? Now, 
Let's look at a classic example of this in closing tonight. I want to take just a few moments with this, if you will. Let's look at a classic example of three individuals who really trusted God. We could say they were in faith. They had their shield up. Now this is, a, a, <laughs> this is an amazing thing that happened. Look back at Daniel chapter 3. Daniel, the third chapter. And notice verse 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. The shield of faith. Mm -hmm. Faith Faith-filled words coming out of your heart and out of your mouth also serve as a force field of protection around you. See, the Roman soldiers had a natural shield you got a spiritual shield. Hallelujah. We get back to speaking words. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of, what was it? Of Babylon. Verse 5. And he told them, here's what you got to do. Here's what the command and the edict of the king is. When you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has set up. Verse 6. But if you don't fall down and worship, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of what? A burning fiery furnace. Almost sounds like a fiery dart, right? Now notice verse 7. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the, all those musical instruments, all the people, the nations, the languages fell down, worshipped the golden image that the king had set up. And uh, wherefore, at the certain time, Chaldeans came near, and they accused the Jews. There were three that didn't bow. How many of you know what their names are? Shadrach, Meshach. And to bed we go. (laughs) Now that was verse 12. Pretty soon, anyway. Verse 12. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They don't serve your gods. They don't worship your golden image, which you have set up. Verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring... These three guys, and they brought him before him. In verse 14 it says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, guys? Did not you serve my gods? Do not you serve my gods? Don't you worship this golden image that I've set up? Verse 15. Now, if you be ready, when you hear all these musical instruments, verse 15, if you will fall down and worship the image which I have made, okay, but if you don't, Here's what's going to happen. You shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace, and the king gets nasty. And who is that God? Starts mocking God. That's dangerous. Who's that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Can't you just sense the arrogance? How many of you know the devil's full of pride? Pride goes before a fall. 
Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered. Answered. They what? They answered. You've got to answer. They just didn't sit there and worry. Faith is a shield. It's not a shield of fear. It's a shield of faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we aren't careful to answer you in this matter. In other words, what they were saying is we're not full of care. We're not worried one bit. How many of you know that faith and anxiety and faith and fear and faith and worry don't mix? So it looks like they were in faith. They weren't worried. Verse 17, if it be so, in other words, king, if you do throw us into this furnace, our God, he was saying, who is your God? And they said, our God. He may not be your God, Nebi, but he's our God. Our God, whom we serve, and that's another key to living by faith. Be a servant of the Most High God. Serve Him with all of your heart. Trust Him with all of your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God. Okay. He's able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. That's that's how it's going to be, Nebi. But if not, or if you don't throw us in, If you change your mind, this is how I see it anyway. Be it known unto you, O king. (laughs) We ain't going to serve your gods no way, no how. You set them up. My God didn't set them up. And if you decide not to throw us in there, we ain't going to do it. Somebody say, we ain't going there. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. Fury. Fur, fury, fury. <laughs> well, it's Wednesday night. And, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And therefore he spake the commandment that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. Whew. I've written in my notes this statement. Faith is a rest even in the midst of a fiery test. Say that with me. Faith is a rest even in the midst of a fiery test. They which have believed. They must have believed. They must have believed. They which have believed enter into rest. So it's seven times worse. How many of you know sometimes before things get better they can get worse? But we know we're not moved by that. We keep just holding steady. Said me, my God is able, he's willing, and he's ready. Let me just quote this verse to you. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, is though some strange thing happened unto you. Don't get all bummed out just because you're going through a test. It just happens. Now notice in verse 20. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind these three guys and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their hosen and hats 
and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace was exceeding hot, the flames of the fire slew the men that threw him in. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that answered a natural king with the word of the king, they fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fire furnace. And then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, I thought we put three men in the midst of the fire. And they answered, yeah, that's right, king. But he answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the fourth the form of the fourth is like the son of God Woo! Jesus watched over his word to perform it on the behalf of three Jewish kids basically who weren't worried and who put their confidence in God and he showed up for them and he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother in your life he's always there for you he's never late so right in the midst of all hell breaking loose we've got the fourth man <laughs> and the fourth man this fourth man he makes all the difference. I said, this fourth man, he makes all the difference. Oral Roberts, several years ago, preached a message called the fourth man. And he got under the anointing so strong, and he said, who is that fourth man? And he went through every book of the Bible, and he gave a characteristic on who this fourth man is. And he's your fourth man. Whatever you're going through, he lives on the inside of you. Say with me, greater, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You see, in Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, the Passover lamb. Leviticus, our high priest, numbers. He's the pillar of cloud by day and the, and the, day and the pillar of fire by night. Deuteronomy. He's a prophet like unto Moses. Joshua, the captain of your salvation. Judges and judge, the lawgiver. And Ruth, kinsman, redeemer. First and second Samuel, trusted prophet. First and kings and chronicles. Say it with me. He's my reigning king. And not to go through all of it, but just a few more. In Psalms, he's your shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastics, he's your wisdom. In Isaiah, he's the Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, he's the Righteous Branch. In Lamentations, he's the Weeping Prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the Wonderful Four-Faced Man. In Daniel, he's the Fourth Man in the Burning, Fiery Furnace. Woo, glory to God. Obadiah, mighty to save, Jonah, the great foreign messenger, Habakkuk, the evangelist, crying, revive your work in the midst of its years. Malachi, son of righteousness, who's rising up with healing in his wings, 
Matthew, Messiah, Mark, Wonder Worker, Luke, Son of Man, John, Son of God, Acts, Holy Ghost, Romans, Justifier, Corinthians, Gifts of the Spirit, Galatians, Redeemer of the Curse of the Law, Ephesians, the Christ of unsearchable riches. Philippians, the God who meets all your needs. In Colossians, the Godhead bodily. Thessalonians, soon coming king. Titus, faithful pastor. Hebrews, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. James, he's your great physician. First, second, and third John, he's the everlasting love. Jude, he is the coming king of kings with 10,000 of his saints. And say with me, and in Revelation, he is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of Lords. He loves you. He loves me. And he is our faithful high priest who watches over his word to perform it. So let us hold fast the confession of our faith in these days and these hours without wavering, knowing that he is faithful that promise. Let's all stand to our feet.